What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. I'm not even going to tell you all the stuff that's saw in the first hour of the show. Just go subscribe to the Nuanas Now podcast. Back to one of our favorite spots down here at Studio 49 on the University of Montana campus recording with Justin Angle. It's a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications, the overlay between business and sports. First question for you, you're a runner. How fast could you run 3,000 meters right now? 3,000 meters right now? Like right now, like 1.9 miles about. Oh, gosh. I mean, I could probably, <laughs> you know, between 11 and 12 minutes. That's impressive. See, yeah. I was thinking this would probably take me about 25 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes. And then I was thinking Duncan Hamilton did this in 8 minutes and 25 seconds with hurdles and puddles on Jeez the track. Louise. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to think, you know, truly we've, we've reached a point in, in distance running where the guys are running as fast as like a normal fast person can run for then the duration of three to 10,000 meters. It it used to be, you'd think, oh, that guy just has toughness. He can just run yeah. forever. He's not actually that fast. Now they're actually fast and running that many laps in such amazing time. 8.25.17 was the official time last weekend at the Eastern Kentucky Twilight Meet for Duncan Hamilton. We've mentioned it a couple times on the show, but I'm not going to stop mentioning it. This is the number one time in the United States of America. It's pretty wild, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that a college kid from Bozeman is doing this, right? Yeah, it reminds me, those, those trying to make those speeds relative and accessible, it reminds me back when Ryan Hall was the top marathoner in yeah. the United States yep. and one of the top marathoners in the world. There was this display in the Chicago airport of him. You know, they have this underground tunnel that's, I don't know, like a quarter mile or something. It's long. Most mm -hmm. people take the little flat escalator. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess it's not an escalator. If it's flat, it should be a people mover of some sure, kind. Sure. Right. Anyway, Moving it doesn't go up yeah, yeah. or down. Anyway, <laughs> so they had this big mural, essentially, electronic screen of him running at marathon pace. <laughs> right. And did like it, it just looked like an automobile <laughs> driving down this thing, and you know you couldn't even fathom trying to run at that speed in this hallway. Mark Mesmer, who's a great distance runner from Missoula Sentinel, ran track here at the University of Montana. He's been a, uh, sort of the dominant figure in the Missoula Marathon yeah. the last couple of years. He ran at the Boston Marathon, and he did great. He ran two hours and twenty minutes and change. 
I couldn't believe that that was there was 35 guys faster than sure, that. Sure, yeah. It's amazing how much we're pushing the limits of of human achievement, right? I mean, it used to be that if you ran under two hours and 30 minutes in the marathon, that is absolutely unbelievably elite. And now it's still elite, but the fact that there was 37 guys that could run under 230, and it's just crazy. Yeah, we break these barriers and just more people, you know, believe it can be done and they access it and the shoes have gotten better. We have those, you know, the shoes with the carbon plates that add some speed and, and whatnot. So yeah, it's the the envelopes being pushed for sure. It's sort of like the, the concept of understanding what human achievement opens a floodgate too, mm-hmm. right? Like we had this great book that we went through over the last year and a half or so, the the hundred greatest sports figures of the 20th century, but it was copyright 1954. So there was oh. a lot of people that we, it was a great exercise in seeing how legends maintain, how legends fade. Yes. Like about a third of the book, we definitely remembered them vividly. Babe Ruth, you know, Joe Lewis, guys like that. A third, you needed a little reminder. And then like a third of them, you had no idea, never heard of them. But like the guy who swam the English Channel for the first time, mm. or the guy who ran the first four minute mile, well, like Roger Basser ran the first four-minute mile, yep, and then like thirty guys did it in the next year, and it wasn't to demean his accomplishment; they just believed that they could exactly. do it because he showed them. Yeah, we create these artificial barriers, right? Like there's nothing necessarily materially different than, you know, one second, if whether it's four hundred one or three fifty nine. But there's such a huge psychological gap there, and yeah, once that barrier is broken, people believe they can do it. Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Several things to get to with Justin Angle. First of all, uh, this made me feel old, but I also think it's very cool. Yesterday, or I guess on Monday, the um, the Montana High School uh, Association announced the postseasons for high school sports for all the various different deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty common practice, but the one thing that I thought was a big piece of news was the Class AA State Basketball Tournament is coming to Missoula right. for the first time in 20 years. There's a lot of reasons why. Missoula had the Class A Tournament, I guess, two years ago, and that was the first tournament in quite some time. I think since 2016, and I think there's only been two or three state tournaments in the last 20 years, period. But Missoula has not gotten the AA Tournament since I was a junior in high school, which is wow. pretty crazy to think about. A lot of reasons for it. Yeah. It used to be that the Big Sky Champion hosted the Big Sky Tournament, and Pretty much perennially, that was the Lady Grizz. And so the Adams Center was occupied. There was yeah. oftentimes not an ability to bid on it. But now we're at a neutral site tournament, so that we're you know we're 10 years into the neutral site thing for the big sky. So I hope Missoula can, uh, can continue to bid on these things. It's interesting, though, because I also think one reason Missoula hasn't gotten them quite as much is because Missoula has such a booming downtown and tourist economy and... I guess you don't necessarily, quote-unquote, need the influx of people like a Great Falls or a Butte might. So, I mean, what do you think of this, and, and how big of an impact could this have economically if Missoula does this thing right? Well, I, you know, I don't know if, if the need argument necessarily holds weight at the planning level, uh, although I do think, like, as a parent who is now in the world of traveling to my kids' sporting events, there are big differences in the affordability of the cities. Like trying to get a hotel in Bozeman is an expensive proposition right? versus trying to get a hotel in Gray Falls or Billings. Um, you know, and prices in Missoula are, are coming up and it's, it's a, it's, and it's probably on average a, a longer drive for, for places. It's That's less right, centrally yeah. located. Um, and so whether or not we need it or not, it's it, that, I think that argument is a little less kind of compelling than the cost and the distance traveled. At the same time, to answer your other, your, the other aspect of your question, 
it can be a great boon to the to the local economy. You fill up hotels, you get people out, and you know the same sorts of effects that we get during Grizz games or other events in town. And it's great for the university. You know, we can embrace those, those folks coming to the, the community on campus and so forth. So there's a ton of upside as far as just showcasing the community. I, I also think too, it's it's funny. There's the the famed bumper sticker. Missoula, the nicest town, a ten-minute drive away from Montana, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and we, you know, we both love Missoula. Missoula's a great community, and uh, I do think though, there's like I don't know how to say it. There's an interesting perception of Missoula among a lot of the other Montana towns. Of course, I hope though that this is an opportunity to sort of skew some of that perception in a positive direction, right? Potentially. I mean, I think a lot of that is driven by politics. For sure. You know, the blue dot and a red sea. That's right. And, <laughs> you know, some of that is difficult to break down. You come to a city and you're generally experiencing a more, it's a more liberal oriented cultural experience in, sure. in almost any city. Right. So if you're coming from a rural community, the city kind of can feel exciting, but it can also feel threatening. So I, I don't know if there's anything explicitly that can be done to kind of bridge that urban-rural divide in Montana. Um, at the same time, like having a positive experience in the city, regardless of the political dimensions, just you know, eating good food, meeting nice people, feeling like the welcome mat was rolled out for you, th- that could go a long way to kind of making these places feel more accessible to a wider variety of people. The the last thing I think that is worth adding is that for despite any sort of uh, political perceptions or whatever that exists around here, Missoula is a great sports town. Yeah. And so I think that there's going to be a bunch of people that just live in Missoula that are going to want to go to this tournament. I think mm-hmm. that like the crowds will be very good because people will just want to have basketball to watch. Yeah, and it's a good facility. It's a great facility. Yeah, that's the other part. Is it's going to be superior to, I mean... I would argue it's the premier basketball facility in the state. Yeah, and, and by then I would assume that that you know the new art museum will be complete, and that so parking whole, will be easier. Yeah. yeah, and that whole North Campus kind of entertainment um, zone will be kind of uh, nearing completion, and that'll be a great experience because I've seen the plans for that set up, and it, and it looks like it just really tries to create a a, a great experience, but on that north end of campus contiguous to the river and flowing into the downtown zone. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The State AA Tournament will be here next spring. We are here on the University of Montana campus coming to you from Studio 49. Uh, recording this on a Wednesday, but you're listening to this uh, later on in the week. As you listen to this, the NFL Draft is going, and there's a couple hopefuls. Uh, no Troy Anderson in this, uh, in this group. Last year it was... Not a matter of if, but when Troy Anderson would get drafted. Uh, and then Daniel Hardy from Montana State as well also snuck into the draft. This year, though, a couple guys from the University of Montana with realistic aspirations. Patrick O'Connell, who's a Kalispell native. Justin Ford, who hails from North Carolina, but played the last two years of his career for the Grizz. And then probably Ty Okada, the number one prospect for the, the uh, Cats, uh, who hails from Minnesota. Um, is this a strict... I, I guess my question for you is, if these guys get drafted and or signed free agent contracts... It's obviously a boon for the athletic department. Sure. Is it only limited to that, though? Is, is this something you could use as some sort of marketing for, for the university as a whole? I think so. And it, it's kind of, it varies based on where these where these kids go. So, like, take Colt Anderson, for example. A great career. Yep. 
and establishes sort of this this athletic lifestyle brand up top, and yep. that creates all these spillover effects sure. for the university as a whole. It gets integrated into some of our promotional uh, materials, you know, merchandise, etc. So that that's an example of a great story. Those those are sort of hard to come by for sure, but they well, you are. Could teach, you can teach a business class about Colt Anderson, right? Making money as an athlete that then becomes. Uh, an evergreen money-making opportunity as a business owner. Absolutely. Created a lifestyle brand, yeah. right? Uh, based on a lifestyle. And I think there's opportunities for that. Um, but it's very dependent on personality of the kid, where they land, what kind of career they have, and then how connected they are to the to the uni- to the university, whether it's Montana or Montana State. I mean, there are things that, that you can do um, to really kind of promote that story if the person is connected to their university, wants to be a part of that story. Um, but yeah, I think it can spill over beyond. You, know, you think of like watching the Super Bowl or NFL playoff games where they do those player introductions and sure, right. you know the starter, you know they have those live pictures of the starters and they'll say where they're from and that carries weight. You hear sure. like the Ohio State sure. or you know Miami University or whatever um, uh, Marshawn Lewis used to say. Right. <laughs> he used to say like Oakland High School. Right, right. He never like would that. say Cal. He'd always say Oakland High or whatever. It would be, yeah. yeah, and so those those are big marquee impressions that carry weight with people. I found it fascinating because Troy Anderson was justifiably so put on this giant pedestal at Montana State and he was arguably the face of the university yeah. outside of Water Cruzado for a couple of years and uh, they've still used him to promote their brand a little bit but it hasn't been nearly as much as I thought maybe it would. Part of that though is because he's a rookie last year he's trying to make his way and, and if he explodes and becomes like a starter all pro type star it'll be a little bit different I think but I don't know. I think it's objectively good for the schools, though, if these guys make it, get a shot at the NFL. Yeah, I don't think there's anything bad unless they <laughs> get wrapped up in some bad behaviors and sure, a bad right. outcome. And then you start right. to wonder, like, what was it that contributed to this person's bad choices right. and whatnot? But, but let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, I mean, yeah, you harken back to the Ryan Leaf situation, right? Like, right. Ryan Leaf's from Great Falls, and then he went to Washington State, and they did the infamous article when he was a... Uh, finalist for the Heisman where he's like, yeah, I don't really claim Montana as my home anymore. Well, that's about the, the dumbest thing you could say if you want anybody in Montana to ever like you again. I mean, it was like instant. People were like, oh, no, well, he doesn't claim us. We don't claim him. See you later, buddy. Right. Well, it worked out okay for Montana in the long run, I guess. <laughs> exactly right. The one is now ESPN Radio. Uh, the saga, at least for now, in terms of the transaction is finally over. Aaron Rodgers yeah. finally traded to New York. This was probably, maybe, certainly possibly going to happen for like weeks. I just knew it was going to happen, but I was like, when are they actually going to do it? And then they did it. And the Green Bay Packers trade uh, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Um, I think this is an interesting analysis in terms of him changing markets because he goes from the smallest market in pro sports yep. to the biggest market in pro sports. But it's it's interesting analysis because in the NFL, I think it's the one sport where it doesn't matter. W- what do you think? Is, is Aaron Rodgers going to be even more exposed in the Big Apple or is that ship already sailed? Well, it's hard to imagine like Aaron Rodgers acquiring or establishing a higher profile. Right. Um, right. But you think of the profile. I mean, it's interesting. It's so tempting to draw the comparison to Brett Favre because of the similar sure, path. Sure. You know, and and Rodgers and Favre have some similarities in the sense that they've cultivated this uh, kind of rural-ish persona 
which I think is you can do that in Green Bay mm-hmm. and, and Rogers is from uh, I think it's Butte County, California. Right. And, and although we did go to Cal, which is like the, the last bastion of liberalism in the country. <laughs> right. Um, I just wonder, like his his he hasn't had a lot of charisma and positive interaction with the media. He seeks out. You know, he goes on the Pat McAfee show All regularly. Yep, uses it as his mouthpiece. But he is pretty selective and kind of um, bristles at the media, I think. Yeah. And, and, and that's going to be harder to play in New York, particularly if the numbers on the field aren't, um, they won't, it, it's hard to imagine them meeting expectations. I mean, what, what Tom Brady did when he moved to the Bucks. That's got to be hard to. Um, it's hard to imagine the Jets going and winning the Super Bowl in in Rogers' first year there. And so that's like, I think the expectation. It's certainly the expectation of fans in New York City. Um, I would say, and, and so it's it's hard to imagine like that's a level of of scrutiny and exposure. Maybe not in magnitude, but in terms of uh, you know intensity that I don't think Rogers has um, been been had to endure throughout his career. He's certainly going to have uh, a high level of scrutiny from a football perspective. I think the thing that's going to get elevated so much is the scrutiny and the the pure coverage of his lifestyle. Yes. His life. Yep. He's had very many famous girlfriends in his mm-hmm. life. Th- that's going to be times 10, times 100 in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And so it depends on how he plays it. Like, does he embrace this? Right. You know, bachelor in the big city lifestyle. Uh, my sense is probably not. He might. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, but if he tries to go like ultra private, that's gonna be a recipe for a lot of conflict. And he just sort of is like throwing bait to the t- to the tabloid journalist to chase him around. He also sort of uh, scoffs at the media because I think he's like an example of how it's all changed. It used to be for years and years and years, if you weren't at the game and you couldn't get the game live on the radio. You need the sports writers to tell you what happened. Yeah. You need the commentators yeah. to tell you what's going on. Now you can watch a whole NBA game on highlights on Twitter if you want to. Like you don't have to be anywhere. Or uh, the the media has has transformed in its role for sure. I think Rogers has sort of um, casually, but also directly said, "I don't need your platform. I have my own platform. My buddy's got a podcast. It's mm-hmm. my podcast. Right? If I want to talk about me, I'm gonna talk about me. I'm not doing some in depth interview with Dick Schapp or whoever it might be. I'm gonna tell you what I think." With Pat McAfee, because he's my buddy. Yes. It's just interesting to see how it's all transformed. Yeah, and you wonder, like, at that level of talent and wealth and just sort of resources at your disposal, you know, if if, if you and I were, like, moving to New York and had to set up shop there, it'd be kind of hard to get your life, your, your head around how life would get more complex and right. how there's a lot more friction right. and expense and all these things. Like, getting around and doing all the things is 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 difficult, or more difficult at the level of an Aaron Rodgers. How difficult is that? Right. You know, does he just have staff that just takes care of all that stuff? I would assume yes, but it it probably will be a much more complex um, environment in which to operate, in which to move around, walk down the street, get the food you want, services you want. I think it's just going to be a, a, a an adjustment. I mean, he might just bask in it and thrive, but. Um, I don't think there's a lot of evidence to to sort of expect that that's going to be an easy transition. It's going to be fascinating. The business angle, the overlay between business and sports here on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Rocky Mountain College in Billings, small private school there in the Magic City. But this is kind of cool, actually. They paired with Meadowlark Brewing 
to make their own beer, the Batland Bears beer. Uh, not a totally unique thing. There's been, you know, Grizz beers around Missoula. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I know there's like a Bobcat Golden Ale or something in one of the breweries in Bozeman, but I'm, I'm not going to, I can't remember which brewery makes what beer because there's so many craft beers in Montana. But what do you think of this for a branding opportunity for a school of like 1,500 kids? This is kind of cool, right? I think it's fantastic. I mean, that school's right in the center of, of the residential yeah. zone in the town. Um, you know, when we had the, the, the Grizz Ale here, I think it was... Um, by Big Sky. That's right, Big Sky. Yep. I, I thought it was a great success. It was it was great to see it on the shelves. It was great for, um, you know, it got complicated because the stadium deals with you know bigger sure, bigger right, brands right, right, and right. all that. So it's 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 choppy waters for somebody who's in sports marketing to kind of navigate that. Um, but I think it's a it's a great opportunity. It's great for the brewery. It's great for the school. I do. Th- you know the the sort of prude in me it does think like this is an odd space for a college to be marketing. You know, should you hitch your sure, wagon right. to to an alcohol brand? Um, when I've raised that concern, um, it's been sort of th- thrown out as as absurd. Like, oh man, that's old world thinking, and you know, uh, you know. It, but I think the. Uh, the prudent me can't really get over the impropriety of, of that association. I've talked about that a lot with UM Dining Services, who does a lot of advertising with us. And there's the property off campus, the Iron Grizz, who has great beer and wine selection. And there's the on-campus properties, and they've gone through that a lot too, right? Do yeah. We, do we sell beer at the pool hall and things like that? Like, on one hand, it's a money-making opportunity. And, you know, people drinking responsibly, playing pool at the UC is not, I mean, that sounds like a pretty normal thing. But then on the other hand, like you're saying, you really want to have alcohol available actually on campus for sale. It's an interesting well, conundrum. I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a different issue. Like, right. serving it, you know, there's still, you know, presumably you have to be of age to buy it, if that's the law. Yes, right. Um, but if you are, you know, these sort of endorsement deals are all about brand associations sure, and fit right. between the two brands. So to, to sort of have a branded product or to license your brand to a product that is associated with abuse by your primary customers, your students, right, right. that just puts you in this in this murky ethical space. Mm-hmm. Could be a great opportunity, a great opportunity to engage with alums, with students of age, but you're in this you're in this murky area where, you know, it's like marketing cigarettes to children, right? Sure. Right. It is hugely profitable for those companies as his history in the court cases have shown, but um uh, doesn't really seem ethical to me. Right, totally. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Um, we'll come back to NBA and NHL playoffs if we have time, but I want to get into this last point here. The uh, I'm just going to read this news brief from earlier today. The Metro National, uh, Nashville, excuse me, Metro Nashville City Council approved 26 to 12, uh, a vote early Wednesday morning on the final reading to allow its sports authority to issue a $760 million bond that, combined with $500 million in state bonds, means $1.2 billion in public financing, which is committed to build the Tennessee Titans a new stadium. This gives Tennessee the largest public price tag ever for a stadium in the NFL, topping the $850 million that New York State gave to the Buffalo Bills for their $1.5 billion stadium. The stadium's total cost... Uh, for the Titans, estimated at $2.1 billion. The NFL's numbers are just so crazy to me. The Titans will uh, help NFL uh, personnel seat license and blah, 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 blah. So what what do we think of this? Because we've seen in the past when 
voters shut this sort of stuff down. Yeah. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why the Oakland Athletics are on the way to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, this seems like a crazy amount of money for taxpayers to float for uh, a football stadium, especially considering there's probably and likely other uses for this money in Tennessee. Yeah, so before I kind of rant about this, I want to disclose that I've not looked at the economics of this specific case. Like, what is the value of the Titans franchise to the state, to the city, etc.? What sort of return on this public investment is, is achieved? What sorts of other opportunities will the city and the state have to monetize that stadium? I don't know those those um, the, the results of that analysis. However, I do just have a big problem with these NFL teams, NBA teams, professional sports franchises that are, you know, some of the most valuable um, entities in sports in the world are able to just hold these municipalities hostage for right. financing. Right. You know, it, it, it yeah, I don't go to the state of or to the city of Missoula and say, you know, I want to put an addition on my house. You need to finance it or I'm moving away. <laughs> right. And I have a lot of value to this town. Right, right. I mean, I guess if you do have that kind of pull. For sure. If folks are really into the business angle, they might want to buy bonds in our operation here, Coulter. But I, I doubt that's the case. And it just seems like given the wealth associated with these franchises, the owners, the players, all the executives, all of it, it just seems kind of absurd that the public is financing a stadium for a billionaire's franchise to play in and that that billionaire can can hold the city hostage. Um, uh, yeah, it's bad optics. I think it's bad economics. And then Tennessee in particular, you know, it's just as you, as you sort of floated this, I was looking up uh, some characteristics of Tennessee. Yeah, they, they rank third in the country in fiscal stability, so they're in good shape. Yeah. But they, um, but that means you know they don't have a lot of debt. They don't. Oh, states can't run a, a, a budget deficit, but they don't have a lot of municipal debt. They have budget surplus. But they have bad health comes, ha- bad health outcomes. Sure. They rank towards the bottom in the country in, in health, poor ratings on uh, crime, poor ratings on how they treat the environment, poor ratings on education. Um, so, you know. I think you could ask the question like is there a better way for this state to spend its its money on its on its citizens a report from Forbes from uh, last August the Tennessee Titans are the 27th most valuable franchise in the NFL out of 32 teams 3.5 billion dollars is what they're worth that's crazy that Jeez. that's what the 27th most valuable franchise is <laughs> this is another crazy one their ownership group which is I'm sure multi-generational, uh, once upon a time bought this team when it was first the Houston Oilers in 1959 oh, yeah. for $25,000. <laughs> Pretty good investment. Yeah, yeah, different world. Uh, they are producing annually $485 million in revenue. They have an operating income of 1100 or excuse me, $115 million. So they're making about four times the profit, I guess, for their operating uh, expenses. They uh, have a payroll of about $240 million, which is one of their main costs, and uh, they make about $68 million at the gate. A fan is worth $61 per fan, uh, considering their their total fan base and uh, what they make at the gate. So, uh, man. And how do those, I'd be curious how those numbers shift if 
the franchise itself has to finance its yeah, facility. For sure. Right? If they have to take on debt or... I, 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 I truly think that people think of this like they used to think of it in the 1980s before these teams were making yeah. billions of dollars. Yeah. We must have them because we need to fortify our city. And America was in such a heavy growth mode 30, 40 years ago. Now... The, the big cities are the big cities, and that's just going to be what it's going to be. I mean, it, it, there's maybe a few cities that could enter into that top lexicon of the top 30 or 35, but most of them are pretty steady, right? They're so far ahead of everybody else. And so I, I guess the, the I think that they use the sort of perception of the Sonics leaving yeah. to scare people. But really, if people looked at the numbers, I mean, if, if you're making hundreds of millions of dollars, you should finance your own $2 billion stadium. And it would still be a good investment. Yeah, and you look, you absolutely should finance your own sta- stadium. But if you can get the public to do it, I mean, well, right. uh, why wouldn't you at least try? And then you look at Seattle, like Amazon didn't leave. You know, Microsoft sure. <laughs> didn't leave. Sure. All these giant corporations that employ a ton of people and right. generate a ton of money in that community. Seattle's got its problems. I'm not trying to For sure. paint the picture of a perfect city. Right. And there's a lot of people upset that the Sonics aren't there. Um, but it doesn't seem to have created the economic viability of the city. Well, last thing on this. Um, I know it's a completely micro scale. But I have often wondered, from from this premise, the Titans are taking advantage of people that are very passionate about their team, for mm-hmm. better or worse. And that, yeah. if you can do it and the voters pass it, hey, that's fine, whatever. You, you finance your stadium through public money, that's great. But I often wondered, and I know it's not professional sports, although college sports is becoming professional sports, why this hasn't happened more in towns like Missoula or Bozeman. Hmm. Both Missoula and Bozeman, both Montana and Montana State, are are in the midst of building indoor practice facilities. When the Grizz were feverishly trying to raise money to do this, I often thought, why don't they try to fund it partially publicly? That itself would actually be less controversial to me. If you built an indoor facility that had at least partly voter funding, Yeah then it could be a multi-purpose facility that serves everybody. It's going to be great for the you know 400 athletes on the University of Montana campus. It will be, for sure. I'm happy for them. But what if this could be something that could also be used for youth soccer and youth lacrosse and all sorts of other things, and he had sort of this uh, balancing act where, where it was a public facility that the, the college got priority, but the public could use it pretty uh, heavily as well. Yeah, a few kind of thoughts about that. I mean, I think at one point, Missoula was thinking about that with the new library. Mm, interesting. Trying to somehow combine the, you know, a new version of the Mansfield Library and the, and, the, and the municipal library into some sort of a shared facility. Right. Ultimately, that, that didn't happen, although the university has programs like Spectrum and so forth in the public library, and that's great. You know, I, I don't have any line of sight into these sorts of issues, but I would think that, you know, if, if you are a football coach and right, right. you're building a training facility, you, you want it to be yours. Sure. You want to have a lot of control over it. Yeah. And you want it to, you, yeah, it's a control thing. For I think. sure. I, I, and I do think <clears throat> as far as some of the debt that the University of Montana has issued, there are some constraints on what that money can be used for. And I think the debt issues vary, you know, like the, the debt we restructured five, six years ago had to be used for, you know, physical plant 
things. It couldn't right. be used for student services necessarily or, or you know, scholarships or anything like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. there are, if you're trying to raise public funds and sell into a municipal bond of some kind, there might be some legal constraints or the underwriters might have certain constraints on what you can put into the deal and what you can't. I just thought of this because Portland State has, um, you know, outside of the University of Montana, the nicest basketball arena in the conference, mm-hmm. and people th- think, well, how does this commuter school have this? Well, because they funded it with like $60 million worth of tax money, yeah. but then you look at the Stott Center's schedule, and it, you're right, they, they had to relinquish a lot of control. There's 200-plus dates on a calendar year that it has nothing to do with Portland State, yep. whether it's a concert or you know a community gathering or whatever it might be. And I think it's cool that they did it, but I also think it's it's challenging, and I think it would... Yeah, I mean, Missoula has some similarities to Portland, but I do think it, Portland is the one city where you can make that work as well. And if you own it as a university, then yeah, you can then right. make choices about how you want to monetize it. Totally. Right. Right. If and so maybe to... that is the future of these indoors. They they do you know implement in where they can rent it out to certain youth tournaments and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. A business angle with Justin Angle here on Nuanas Now, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you. It was a good one. Time to laugh. Carolyn, Chicken Does No Sports next. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. So here's how I know that I have such bad ADD. When I'm at the light on reserve or any of the lights on reserve waiting, I've been trying to not be on my phone because that's silly. Right. The car I'm driving, because I once again don't have a car, so I have great friends that let me borrow their cars, and I've had like six loaner cars in the Wait, last... Wait, let's pause for a second. Yeah. Can any of our listeners hook up Coulter with a car? We I mean, need at, a... The, at this point, it's just like a fun game. It like adds to the challenge of life. Who's, okay. Whose crappy second car can I borrow? I wouldn't call it crappy. I no, think you nice. should be very grateful. Oh, I'm totally grateful. And I, it lets me know that like all the people that are driving super nice cars, you got it twisted, because like the... Yeah. 30 year old car is just fine. Yeah. Especially when you're just going around town. Should we start a GoFundMe for you? Ooh, maybe. Or we should just like have one of our great sponsors that's listening just yes. hook me up. Let's get a let's get a car for a Coulter. Any car. Car for Coulter. <laughs> Hashtag car for Coulter. So I'm sitting at the light today. I don't want to get on my phone. But in this loaner car, there's a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> so I put my fingers in it and, and then, then all of a sudden stuck. it's I'm stuck. <laughs> and and the light turns so i'm like what am i gonna do so then i kind of panicked and i like was like okay just push it together i'll get it out no so i just had to fully rip the chinese finger trap in half so ancient chinese secret yeah, so kev if you're listening i'm sorry i'll replace your chinese finger trap i owe you two dollars or whatever i think you can costs. get it at the dollar store yeah yeah i think yeah. so uh, it was almost a catastrophe i'm sorry for his loss Ticker has no sports here uh, on espn radio um you think that we don't have a lot to get to. I think we actually do have a lot to get to. Great. Let's go. The origin point of this segment years ago 
was you making fun of the NFL draft. Yes. Guess what starts tomorrow? The NFL draft. I guess we're recording here on a Wednesday. You're listening to this actually on the day of the NFL draft on a Thursday. So uh, who do you think's going number one? <laughs> I would not even have a clue. You don't even have a No, why would I know clue? that? All I know is this. Did if you know that the Chicago Bears, your proclaimed favorite team, traded the number one pick? No, why would I know that? I don't know. I can't even name a bear. <laughs> None? I mean... I can name the 1985 bears, <laughs> but I could not name a bear, a current bear. Wow. That's amazing. No. I don't know what you don't get about me being the chick who doesn't know sports. <laughs> well, I thought you'd know like one person. No. Justin Fields? He's their quarterback. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But here's my thing with the draft. Yeah. Everybody listen up. <laughs> I do not want any booing. There's going to be so much booing. I This makes me so mad. <laughs> I am not okay with that. This is the best day in these kids' life, and you should not be booing. And their moms are so excited for them, and I don't care if you don't like it, and it's not the team or the player you want on your team. You be polite, and you say, good job, kid. That's not happening. There's going to be so much booing. (laughs) I hate that. Uh, I know. It's really silly. Uh, It really is silly. It's not personal, though. I think that's the Uh, It is personal. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the thing is, these guys are going to go. I mean, you just got to get over it. I mean, it is. It is. I won't abso- get over the it. The whole process is absolutely silly. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. The the draft process, basically, well, it's been rolling for several weeks ever since the Bears traded the number one pick. But I guess that's even back into March. All eyes will be on the Jets because the, oh, yeah. the Jets swung the trade and uh, they swapped a bunch of picks. And now we'll see what they do. But they got their guy, their gray-bearded 40-year-old quarterback. Yeah, he's there. And um, I think he's going to really enjoy New York until he doesn't. And then we'll hear about it. From our perspective, sitting here in Montana, do you think that him being in an elevated media market is going to be more annoying? Is he is Aaron Rodgers going to be more exposed now that he's in the Big Apple? No, he couldn't get more annoying. <laughs> He's he'll be just as annoying as he was. That's the thing that's funny is if we were talking like about baseball, then the markets are dependent on the exposure. Mm hmm. But like the NFL is just such a national brand. It, right. doesn't, it doesn't matter that he's been playing in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The no. Packers are on TV every single weekend. I mean, it's you the know? Packers. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Even though it's like the town the size of Missoula, it's like, right. it doesn't matter. I think um, I think what he's going to get annoyed with is is how little privacy he's going to have in New York because he's... right. There's just so much happening and in New York. he's had all these celebrity girlfriends, and that's a lot easier in tiny little Green Bay. Because all of a sudden, now you're going to not only have all the people covering the NFL that are covering you, now you have all the other people covering you, too. Exactly. The gossip reporters. Exactly. And the, the now, and whatever. here's some things that are going to be great for him in New York. He's going to have full access to tarot card readings, <laughs> sound baths, salt places, like the they have those Himalayan, Himalayan pink sea salt, pink sea salt rooms. He's going to have all the mushrooms he wants. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's going to have, oh, he'll have a direct flight to Ayahuascaville in Peru. Ayahuascaville. So like there's going to be a lot of great things for him. Man, did you ever think, even in your little world that doesn't know anything about sports, that we would have a subject that we were talking about who's a professional quarterback and we're talking about his holistic 
substance use. We I, we've reached the point of the Twilight Zone in America at this point, right? I guess so. But then you think I don't have a problem with this. No, I, I actually like, think some of the stuff that we dog on Aaron Rodgers for doing is actually great. Like, I don't dog on him at all. I his, just think it's funny because it's not it's not what you perceive uh, for of, sure. A big, strong, tough guy. His and, darkness retreat is actually very intriguing. Like a lot of the stuff he does is actually very intriguing. Ayahuasca, I ain't it. I'm not doing that. That's oh my god, awful. I would love to do ayahuasca. Whoa, crazy in the jungle, man. I think you I mean I won't because it. I I won't I just won't but <laughs> I just won't I just won't because but I think it would be really cool yeah it'd I be think interesting. and I think there's a lot of those things are very very beneficial and so I don't have a problem with it I, I think I, that the thing that drives people crazy about Aaron Rodgers is that it's not that he's engaging in holistic health pursuits it's that he's searching for something that's undefined. Do you know what I mean? See, like I, if he had proclaimed what he's actually searching for, but he doesn't know, I don't think. Well, we all know what he's searching for. <laughs> but what I don't like about him is the smugness. For sure. That's what it is. It's like, oh yeah. my gosh, you could do so much good with the knowledge you're prob- you probably have on all of these holistic yeah. um, right. things. And I think it's awesome. I just don't like him. So It's just all about <laughs> him. Right. Right. The, that's the thing is, yeah. is what he's searching for is his own narcissistic exactly. empowerment. Yeah, that's exactly. the part that's annoying. Exactly. No one is now ESPN radio. Chicken doesn't know sports. All right. Well, it's it's true. Yeah. Uh, he is annoying. No. So I think New York will be great for him. He's going to have <laughs> his he might go to some hot yoga. Yeah. He might go to um, I think this I think a sound bath would be great for him. I am. Mm-hmm dying to do a sound bath what is a sound bath is that where you like immerse yourself in the darkness and float in the water no that's floating that's Uh, different a sound bath is where you know like at the end of yoga when we just sort of zone out and we lie there so a sound bath is essentially that part of yoga but it's they have these bowls and they and and the vibration (laughs) and the sounds like maybe 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 i'm getting a little hippy dippy i don't know but it just sounds so relaxing and nice and calming and it's supposed to be very good for you at what point do we question why we need to do all these things to escape the world that we live in well these are ancient these are that's what i'm saying yeah. but we, it used to be able to do this stuff and it wasn't to escape the everyday life like well obvi- yes it was yeah but like i think that we're a lot less centered now because oh, we for sure. because we stare at screens all the time for sure I mean, I can't, I can't believe what happened to Twitter. I used to love Twitter because the only thing I had to read on Twitter was the things I followed. Then they yeah, screwed yeah, up yeah. the whole algorithm, and now I got Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon and T- Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I don't want any of that. Now you have to all, pay to be certified or verified, all too. All I wanted was the NBA. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's just Well, stupid. it's all about completely overwhelming us with information right. and then... This is why we need sound baths, so yeah. we can just disengage. Mm-hmm. And I'm down with that. All right. Well, uh, speaking of freeing your mind, we've been doing a lot of that stuff. I'm in the midst of uh, what we're calling fight camp. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't have actually a fight coming up or anything. It, basically, the premise is that like UFC guys train for seven to eight weeks where it's just all, all towards a one goal, right? right. And, and so like our, our main goal in this is that we're just not drinking. That's the primary goal. And then after that, then it's, you know, just work out every day, eat as healthy as you can and yeah. see what the end result is. And then we'll do a couple more or whatever. Uh, but I've been hitting it super hard down there at the Hype House. I am so unbelievably sore. We switched up the workouts yesterday at these Hype Strength. A lot of times it's like circuit training, mobility-based, stuff like that. Yesterday was there was some rep count stuff. So I was, we're actually lifting really heavy. And, oh, cool. Oh, man. 
Well, I'm going to one up you because I went to Hot House yesterday. I think we should use your picture from post Hot House as our Instagram post today. I will post that. (laughs) I went in and I sat next to the heat lamp and I should have known better because this new teacher is so it's very advanced and as she said, intense. And I shouldn't have said, turn the heat up. And I did. And about 15 minutes in, I literally thought I was going to barf. But... To me, that's a sign of a great workout. For sure. I want to feel so gassed at the end that I want to just pass out. And that was achieved yesterday. I will post the picture. (laughs) I, (laughs) oh my gosh, it was so tough, but it was so good. I loved it. Both pairing these two together has been... uh, truly like life-changing for me it's it's great efficient workouts that are also very mindful they're very very challenging uh, but don't be scared because once you get in there like the energy of the place just kind of drives you through like you're sitting there thinking to yourself I can't do a hour-long hot yoga class yes you can well and I think that's what's sort of fun about it is it's not just physically challenging it's yeah. mentally challenging I've been since before COVID I was really working out a lot at home in my basement and I do like having that camaraderie, but also not, it's not like I'm like, I'm trying to do better than that person, but I'm just trying to, yeah, like I'm just trying to get through it. And then I feel so good at the end. For sure. You become accountable to the people in your group and that's great. And and you can also just feel the energy of the other humans. I think that's that's why we're doing all this crazy holistic stuff because we're removed from the energy of each other because we don't hang out with each other as much because we sit there on Instagram all day. Yeah. No one is now ESPN radio, SWX Montana television and the ESPN MT app. Carol in the two dozen sports hanging out with us. She's on her way to uh, Orlando. So we're recording this a little earlier in the week, but you're listening to it here late week. Uh, thanks so much to the Hype House. They're on Tool Avenue. Go check out their spin classes, their strength classes. It's an awesome, quick, efficient, and uh, very good workout. And uh, decompress, unwind at the Hot House downtown. Uh, right in the heart of downtown Missoula. A very fun hot yoga place for you as well. Uh, all right, what else you got? So speaking of high energy, I we went to our neighbor's house the other night and they were watching the Live Tournament. Oh, I think baby. it was the one, it was on Saturday. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that looks so fun. They play music. They, oh, someone got a hole in one and they were throwing beer and like it was a rager. Bert Kreischner was there being Bert. And then did you know the caddies race from hole to hole? So I like at the end of whatever, then they literally run and race. And I don't know what the winning caddy gets, but it's hilarious. It's basically like um, Happy Gilmore. I was going to say that. And to me, that is fun. There's no like, it's like straight up Arsenio Hall. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so See, that's what I'm having fun. a problem with is like, you know, I'm all for free will and expression and all that sort of stuff. Golf is like the one place where like the etiquette matters. Uh, it drives me that. it drives yes. me nuts that like the guys wear shorts and like yeah. it's, it's just weird. It's, it's just weird. I understand that. But it's it's sort of like you got to they're doing something to make it more fun and they entertaining are, and sure. watchable. For sure. Like I would not sit and watch golf normally, but that was really fun to watch. For sure. So, um, yeah, I thought it was great. Now, our friends that our neighbors moved here from Oregon and they said when the live tournament came through Portland that there were ads running. This is so messed up. There were ads running against the live tournament and basically it was 9-11 families saying like don't support this which I find to be kind of racist because you're sort of assuming that because it's own well yeah it's I don't know if it's necessarily racist well uh, I mean it's kind of an assumption that for sure yeah there's there's so much to this part of it the sports washing thing I think is actually very real and uh it's it's interesting it's very controversial 
Um, anyway, I thought it was fun. I'm, st- you know, we still have to be thoughtful of it, but you know, it was fun. It was fun to watch. We were talking about this the other day. the The American attention span for people that are into all of the sports. Like there's some people like our our guy Robert Chase of the Trail. He's a baseball guy. Yeah. So he watches baseball. That's what he watches. Sometimes right. he watches the Stanley Cup playoffs, but he watches baseball. Yeah. If the Cardinals are playing in April in the early season game, he's watching that over the NBA playoffs all day. Right. But most sports fans are like me that like a lot of different sports, and we've reached this point now where you just watch the you just watch when it's a big deal from that particular league, right? Like, sure. I love the NBA, but I don't watch the NBA until the right, playoffs. Right, right, I like right. baseball. I don't watch baseball until the playoffs. I love golf. I don't watch golf except for the majors. I like tennis. I don't watch tennis except for the majors. Because then you can fit it all in, right? Of course, yeah. How watch, else could you? You can't yeah. watch it all. And that's why the NFL is such an unbelievable power magnet, because I watch the NFL every single week for 20 straight weeks. It's unreal. What about college football? Would you? Well, feel, I, so maybe football is your jam. Yeah, I, I don't watch big time college football because I'm always watching the Grizz or the Cats. True. And all the are other, you saying they're not big time? Well, they, I mean, they are for our little world or whatever. It's just like Alabama's play at the same yeah. time as the Grizz. So I never watch Alabama sure. unless they're on a night. So, right. anyways, check it out on Sports ESPN Radio. What else you got? All right. So, you just brought up baseball. I'm really into yeah. the segues today. Look so, Fernando Mike Greenberg Jr., <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr., very good. Did I say that right? You did. He um, was suspended for 80 games last year. Who does he play? Oh, he plays for San Diego. San Diego Padres. So, he came back and they were playing the Cubs last night or sometime this week. Mm-hmm. And I guess all these Cubs fans were fully just taunting him about um, steroids and all that stuff. But he took it well. He danced around to their chance. And, um, you know, he's trying to make a comeback. So we'll see what happens with him. But you got to love Chicago, the city of taunting. He is uh, he's an interesting case study because most of the guys who got quote unquote busted for steroids got mm-hmm. busted later on in their careers because most of them were doing steroids before steroids was illegal and then they had the Mitchell report and all that came out that they were all doing them in the 90s and the early 2000s he's one of the few superstars that's truly just flunked the drug test in the like height of his career and it's going to be interesting to see how he gets treated from here on forward yeah. because there's I mean there's never really been like a superstar guy that's in his early 20s that that was like a known failed drug test steroid user. And when they failed, look, so in this situation, he failed. He was suspended for 80 games, yeah. which is like a week in baseball. <laughs> yeah. But then he can come back. He has He's tested consi- consistently, I imagine. And mm-hmm. then that's just it. You don't get kicked out. You don't. No. It, well, it, so if he was to fail another one, I believe it would be a hundred game suspension. And if he was to fail a third one, then I think you're out. Okay. I, th- I think it's it. I think I think it's three strikes, just like in baseball. You're out. Okay. So <laughs> three strikes. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens with him. Keep an uh, eye on that we guy. Will. I I hope he stops taking drugs. Because Me too. He's really really good, and he doesn't need to take drugs. Well, and he's he's there. He's in the MLB. Just he, he's a spectacular player. Yeah. He doesn't, well, he doesn't need to. Maybe he does. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, no, but he comes from a great stock. I mean, his dad played in the majors forever and ever, okay. and like he's a prodigy. I mean, he was in the bigs when he's like twenty. So I, he yeah. does. I don't think he needs it. So I don't know. All right. Well, let's keep an eye out for him. But Chicago's not going to let that one lie. So you know. Okay. We're good at heckling. <laughs> Indeed, you are. Uh, Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Chicken does no sports here on your radio. What else you got? That's it. I am ready to go to Florida. Nice. I got stuff to do, like lay out in the sun and um, not be in Montana for a few days. Love it. Yeah. Very going to be very good. Uh, you're probably going to miss. <laughs> this is what's funny, though. You, you, you finally get to go to a nice, sunshiny place. And while you're gone, it's going to be 80 degrees I know, here. I know. <laughs> I, 
don't don't think I have. That's like my girlfriend. I was like, "Where do you want to go on some trips this summer?" And I was like, "No, I want to go on trips in the winter. I know, not in the summer. I want to stay in Montana for the only three months that it's nice." That's what we were trying to plan our summer vacation, and I'm like, "Why are we leaving here in the no, summer? Let's not leave. Let's just go to Hamilton and Polson. Right? And that's all There's you plenty need to, do. to see yeah. here. We don't yeah. need to leave until November. Well, uh, good luck to you. Good luck to Ben, and uh, enjoy your trip in Florida. Thanks, Thanks. for being here, Carolyn. She does no sports. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, she is in Florida, so be happy to have her back. And uh, we're going to work out some sort of giveaway because I think all of you could benefit from some of that hot yoga. What's going down the draft? Well, Will Levis isn't sitting there anymore. A lot later than you thought he was going to go, but it actually might be one of the only teams where he could be a good fit. We'll discuss next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. This is the type of stuff my sister says when I ask her for songs for the show. Amazing. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, it wasn't easy, but we got here. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, a lot of fun guests today. Rod James Seabrook, talking all things New York Knicks. Myself, talking all things Transfer Portal Scoreboard, plus uh, NFL Draft. We had our Treasure State's best top track and field marks from around the state of Montana. Justin Angle, the business angle, and Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, all of it. On the podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, Will Levis sat there all night last night. He was supposed to go uh, in the bare minimum the first half of the first round. Uh, A lot of people thought in the top 10, and the two biggest draft experts in the world, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, had him going number four to the Indianapolis Colts. Well, not so fast. C.J. Stroud goes to the Texans. Anthony Richardson goes to the Colts at two and four, respectively. Levis sits there all night last night. Well, he finally uh, was picked. The the interesting part is just how many first round. It used to be that like there was like not quite as many guys as you'd think would be first round grades as there was first round picks. Now there's like 50 guys with first round grades and there's only 31 picks. So the second round is just like this run of all these really good players. And that's the thing. I, I always say this on, on the show, but 
if you're getting drafted, period, this day and age, you're a great player. Like, that means you're a top college football player. Only 250 guys are getting drafted. There's so many football programs and so many good players out there. But anyways, uh, Joey Porter was considered one of the top corners in the draft. He goes as the first pick in the second round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a nice pickup for them. And then Levis goes with the second pick, 33rd overall, to the Tennessee Titans. So this is pretty interesting because... um, First of all, you're going you're going to a place where they're going to maximize your abilities, even if you're not a, the the key factor to you winning games. They've made it work with Ryan Tannehill for quite some time. Tannehill's also 34 years old. Malik Willis, who they drafted in the third round, is still up in the air if he could be something. Uh, so I think Levis is going to have an opportunity to develop. It's not where they put the ball in your hands. Go win us a Super Bowl, kid. In Tennessee, they've won 11 games. It's a couple years, 11, 12 games, a couple years in a row because they do it with their attitude style of defense and they hit you in the face. And Derrick Henry is a running back and on down the line. So Levis, actually, as far as hard as I was on him, as much criticism as I gave to the kid out of Kentucky, that actually might be a good fit. Monday, I'm sure we'll have more transfer portal updates. I'm sure we'll have more spring football conversations. By the way, thanks to all my fans for all my love letters about our comparing and contrasting Grizz and Bobcat position groups. I heard from all of you. I know that you're all very mad. And uh, that's what we want. We want you to have something to talk about throughout the summer. So here we are. Uh, We'll talk a a bunch of that stuff, too. Connor Dick will be in studio with us at 430 to talk about his commitment uh, to the Grizzlies. And uh, I'm sure we'll fill in the blanks with NFL draft and NBA playoffs. We'll see you on Monday. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.